What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I am your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Got Wes Goldberg joining me in just a minute. The Dubs took a tough loss to the Memphis Grizzlies last night. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? The Grizzlies are good. The Warriors played well, too, but just could not get it done. They were also missing a starter, not for injury reasons, not for any other reason besides contract, which uh, is a little weird. We're going to talk about that as well and who this mystery two-way player might be that the Warriors are planning on signing. That's all coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I am Charles T. Hamilton. Wes Goldberg joining me in just a minute from Memphis. Dubs took the L in Memphis. They played great. Well, great's probably an overstatement. They played well. It was within reach for probably about four, three out of the four quarters. Got outscored by 18 in one of them, and that will do you in every single time. Uh, but there were a lot of bright spots that we're going to talk about. Some not-so-bright spots we're also going to talk about. Can't leave those out. Either Damian Lee was not there for contractual reasons. Uh, and initially when I heard it, I was pretty pissed. But when you hear the actual explanation and uh, Wes's explanation, you start to understand that it was premeditated, that these guys are smarter than I am, which is a major surprise on my part. And then also, who is this mystery two-way player that they're going to end up signing to fill Damian Lee's spot? We're going to find out all of that coming up here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. But first, to get fit in 2020, you don't have to join a gym or pay a ton for overpriced fitness equipment. The best way to get in the best shape of your life is with Echelon. Go to echelonfit.com to discover their EX1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high-quality at-home cycling experience at less than half of the price of a Peloton. Echelon makes beautifully engineered products for everyone, busy moms and dads, first responders, and elite athletes, whatever your activity level. I am definitely on that elite athlete level. And with daily live and on-demand studio classes right in your home, you'll never have to step foot in a gym again. You get to do it at the house, not in front of a bunch of people watching you. You'll love Echelon, but if you aren't 100% satisfied, we will give you your money back. Join the hundreds of thousands of men and women who are getting fit with Echelon. Don't pay a ton for a Peloton. Buy an Echelon bike today for under $1,000. Go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A to learn about their limited time offer. Free Apple iPad and complete details of this exclusive offer. Echelon, it is your time. That is E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. Echelon fit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. Wes, you were obviously at tonight's game in Memphis where we saw the return of D'Angelo Russell. Uh, He was definitely a bright spot in tonight's game, even though it was a 20-point loss. It all pretty much came down to that third quarter where they were outscored by 18. And then, you know, not much they could do after that. Uh, what are your main takeaways from this game? Because there was a lot of positive and, and some some negative as well. 
to me, I, the, the thing I keep looking for, or the thing I came into the game looking for was how much D'Angelo Russell can help what is right now the worst rated offense in the NBA and has been for quite a while. And we've seen Steve Kerr tinker with his starting lineup. Obviously, you put Omari Spellman in there at center. You take out Willie Cauley-Stein. You know, you're trying to get a little bit more spacing. And this was D'Angelo Russell's first game starting with Omari Spellman. Uh, and I was really interested to see how that would work because we know – you know, we know the script with D'Angelo. It's high pick and roll, uh, and it allows him to get to the basket a little bit. And I was wanted to see how that pick and pop uh, would work with Spellman um, versus how that pick and roll kind of thing worked with Willie Cauley-Stein. And, I mean, you mentioned that D'Angelo Russell, 34 points on 12 of 24 shooting. He had four assists in the game. He was a bright spot. He played really well. Uh, was a little rusty in that first quarter, was 0 for 2, but then went, I think, uh, 10 for or six for 12 or something like that, seven for 12 or something like that in the second quarter, scored 17 points and uh, kind of was going after that. Uh, but he really, like he helped, but he didn't do a whole lot to help the Warriors offense overall. Now they were without Damian Lee, uh, who is not playing because he's used up all the two way days. I know we'll talk about that a little bit later on, but uh, the Warriors entered the night with an offensive rating of 103, which again is dead last in the league. And they finished tonight with an offensive rating below 95. So tonight's <laughs> performance overall, even though you got a great singular performance from D'Angelo, tonight's team performance overall was, again, really, really bad. And it's just not going to help their case from digging out of that hole. Yeah, and on a night where they shot 50% from three, it's just, you know, what's what's the answer? And it's funny because right. they go 50% from three, but it feels like there was 10 missed layups in that game as well. Uh, feels like five of them came from Willie Cauley-Stein, who had a really bad night. Uh, but on the other end, Amari Spellman starting three for three from three. Uh, he's definitely not a traditional center size or game, really. But at the same time, uh, a lot of the stuff I'm looking at this year is obviously projecting to next year with, you know, Clay and Steph healthy and everything like that. And I don't know, man, if, if Amari Spellman is a legit 40% three-point shooter, like, that's a really interesting starting lineup of, you know, the four All-Stars and Amari Spellman. It is. And just to go back to what you said before about their 50% um, from three-point shooting, they made 17 threes in the game. They made 35 shots overall <laughs> in the game. So do the math. I mean, they basically they made one two-pointer the entire game. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. <laughs> that's absolutely insane. And to get that, it was, I mean, I think I did the math right there, right? I mean, 17 three-pointers made, 35 made field goals overall. One more, yeah, like, one more two-pointer than threes, yeah. Yeah, they made one more two-pointer than, than, than three-pointers, and it's just like, it's wild, right? Yeah. Like, and, and Steve Kerr said after the game, he's like, we made 10 threes in the first half, and we still went to halftime down one. That's a bad sign. It's really interesting. It's like an interesting way to think about it because, you know, chances of making 10 threes again in the second half are not good. So, yeah, this team struggled really bad. Um, I forgot the other thing that we were talking about. Uh, Spellman, just his performance and, you know, just kind of projecting him possibly starting with, you know, three other knockdown shooters like Steph, Clay, and and D'Angelo. Yeah, it'll be be interesting to see how that works. I I don't know that he'll start next season because I don't know that you necessarily need his floor spacing when you have all those other guys in the starting lineup, but then again, you know, if Draymond Green is your power forward, it helps to have as much spacing as possible at that other front court position. Not that the Warriors have necessarily thought that way in the past, but um, it doesn't really matter if he's starting or, or coming off the bench. Uh, he, he is a very versatile weapon 
for this Warriors team. It feels like to me right now it's a little bit of break glass in case of emergency type of situation with him because the offense is so bad. Uh, next year, I still fully expect probably Kevon Looney or Willie Cauley-Stein to reprise their starting roles and, co- and continue to bring Omari off the bench. Because the other thing about Omari is that he can also play the four really well. Mm-hmm. And so bringing him off the bench just gives you a little bit more flexibility with your lineups. So I, I do project that to be the case. But like you said before, I mean, if he's a 40% shooter, which he's probably not. I mean, he's probably realistically a 36 37% shooter, which isn't that different. But, I mean, 40% is like freaking elite yeah, um, top level. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but either way, I mean, you've got to respect him out there on the perimeter and that just opens things up in a huge way. Uh, not only for a guy like Draymond green, but guys like D'Angelo and, 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 you know, anybody else who projects to be part of this group going forward. Yeah. And speaking of the center position, you know, Jonas Valanciun has basically owned the Warriors tonight. And it's something that hasn't really plagued them that much this season, but it's something that I've been worried about. Like when they played Detroit recently, I thought Andre Drummond getting 20 plus rebounds was a lock. I thought he'd dominate them, but Andre Drummond had a bad game. So even if they're bringing back these same guys, one of the things they lack is just, you know, girth at the center position. They're short and even their one seven footer, Willie Colley Stein is pretty thin. Uh, I wonder if it's something they might address during the off season. But then again, when I think about all this stuff, it always comes back to priorities change once Steph and Clay are back. And if you're trading yeah. Steph and Clay threes for Valanciunas twos, you can live with it. But I just, I yeah. don't know. I, it, it makes me nervous seeing the the lack of girth, so to speak, at, at the five spot. This isn't new either for the Warriors, right? I mean, before you just go small, you play those guys off the court. They couldn't really do that. They did go small at the end of the second, at, at the end of the first half. Sorry, uh, with Draymond Green and Eric Paschal uh, manning the front court, but uh, that didn't really work that well. Um, and in the third quarter, they got blown out. And Jonas Valanciunas, I mean, yeah, 31 points on 13 of 17 shooting. His nine offensive rebounds were basically on track without like he basically had as many offensive rebounds as the Warriors did for most of the game until garbage time. That's insane. Yeah. And um, yeah, they, they basically admitted like we had no answer for him. And, you know, Amari Spellman said it was a lack of effort, a lack of energy. I just, I think it was a lack of size. I agree with you. And even having Willie in there, I mean, games like tonight don't help his case for actually carving out a role next season. He does have a player option. So he'll be there if he wants to be there unless he's traded, but he does sort of fancy himself a finesse player. And it's like, no, dude, you're seven feet tall. You're one of the few guys who are legitimately seven feet tall in the NBA, not just listed at seven feet tall. Uh, and he's got to be able – like, he's not as muscular. He's not as strong as Valanciunas, but you got to put your body in front of him. And you got to try a little bit more than what he was doing. And he did seem to he, – he, he shied away from that tonight. There were a couple times where he settled for mid-range jumpers on offense and on defense. It just really was a non-presence whatsoever at the basket. And uh, that really – that really hurt them. And you can't be asking Draymond Green to continue to do that kind of stuff and, that, and, and accumulate that sort of wear and tear, not only this season, but going forward in his, in his age. So maybe it is something that they have to address. But like I said before, it's, it's not a new problem for them. It's just that before they were able to outscore those guys no matter what. It didn't really matter. You sort of give those up. I mean, they, they were able to throw Zaza at people or, you know, not That's that they true. had elite size or anything, but at least someone that could bang with them or, or some an, an option at least. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see, you know, whether that's a priority or not. Um, you, you talked about Willie Colley's time, man. Tonight's one of those nights where I'm like, you know, I'm fine if he gets traded. He has nights where I'm like, <laughs> oh, you got to keep him around. And then tonight was a night where it's like, yeah, let's see what you can get. Uh, Jordan Poole, I want to talk about real quick. Not a great game on his part, but 
if you calibrate for how he had played before, a solid performance. He was able to knock down four threes, went four of nine from three for 13 points. And maybe it's just a glimpse of hopefully some of that good play from the G League translating to the NBA. But uh, I, I definitely at least wanted to mention him because it yeah, was one of his best games so far, I'd say. It was the, it's the first time he's made multiple three-pointers and also played at least 27 minutes since November 29th. So that kind of gives you a little bit of perspective of, of kind of what he's been dealing with over the last month. And he spent, you know, three of those games in the G League, but that's not a whole lot of time. So, yeah, it was a really solid performance for him based on how his season has been. And I don't think it's – I mean, he played 27 minutes. He was going to play 27 minutes tonight no matter what, thereabouts, because Damian Lee and Kai Bowman weren't available because of the limits of their two-way contracts. So he's going to have the time. And, he's, you know, he's told me before, like, if he, feel, if he has that long leash, he feels – like he can actually make an impact on the game. And, and you saw him immediately start sinking threes tonight. And so I don't really think it was necessarily he had time to make those threes. I mean, he, he made his first two or three of them, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's interesting with him because Steve Kerr before the game said the opposite, where Jordan Poole's like, I need more time so that I can play without fear of getting yanked if I make a mistake or if I'm not making shots. And Steve Kerr basically said, I like playing him in five and six minutes first because it's able to, he's able to get out there for a little bit come back sort of download what happened and reflect on it um so there is a little bit of a push and pull there but uh it it was it all in all i i I think you're right i mean his g league performance has helped him it's helped boost his confidence a little bit and you can see that tonight yeah i mean i I still would like to see him down there and part of the reason why he got 27 minutes like you mentioned was damian lee Uh, his contract is still being fleshed out and we're going to talk about that in just a minute But first, this spring, follow your favorite baseball teams to Arizona for Cactus League spring training. Amazing weather, landscapes, exciting outdoor adventure, incredible food. Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans. It's a -a one-of-a-kind spring training experience. You can follow your favorite baseball teams to Arizona for Cactus League. 10 stadiums, 15 MLB teams, 75-degree temperatures. All 10 stadiums are in Greater Phoenix within 50 miles. You can hit up every single stadium. You get to meet the players, get their autographs before games. I mean, honestly, it's one of the best experiences you can have if you're a baseball fan. It's similar to Summer League uh, for NBA, you're out there schmoozing with the baseball players. You're bumping into them at restaurants and bars. You're having casual conversations with these guys. It is awesome. I, I can't urge you enough if you're a baseball fan to go see. Check out my A's. Go go bump into Matt Chap and tell him I said what's up. There's tons to see and do outside of baseball. You can check out amazing restaurants and bars, tons of craft breweries like Four Peaks, Angels, Trumpet Ale House, and Goldwater Brewing Company tons of live music and national sports. You can explore museums featuring everything from native heritage to modern art, musical instruments from around the world. Arizona is also known for its incredible landscapes, thrilling outdoor adventures, hit the road, explore Arizona's urban centers, ghost towns, artsy communities, and quirky outposts. Then get back for a baseball game. There's hiking, biking, Jeep tours, hot air balloons, skydiving, jet skiing, or just taking in the sunset. No matter what you love to do, Arizona has you Covered. You can check off must-see destinations from your bucket list, like the Grand Canyon, Monument Valley, Horseshoe Bend, and Tucson. Bring the kids along to spring training. Arizona is a fantastic destination for families. Family-friendly resorts and hotels offer plenty of fun for the kids of all ages, water parks, to horseback rides, to games and activities. Arizona has tons of stuff for kids to do and see, like wildlife parks, science museums, aquariums, and 
Dude Ranches plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash spring training. That is visitarizona.com slash spring training. So, Wes, the Warriors were without one of their starters tonight, or at least someone who started the last, what, 15 games or so, and has played well, and that is Damian Lee. And that is, of course, because he has actually used up all the 45 days on his two-way contract. They are in the process of signing him uh, to a full roster spot, to a full you know, NBA deal, uh, multiple years, still waiting to find out what the exact numbers are and all that. But when that first tweet came out from you and everyone else about him sitting out because the, the contract wasn't done, and that was, that was the first tweet, I was pretty livid and thought it was just incompetence <laughs> on the Warriors' part. But then the, the, the further details came out, and uh, it makes more sense. Can you kind of explain what happened with Damian Lee and why he wasn't able to play tonight? Sure. It's, it's, again, it's related to this hard cap that's really been limiting what the Warriors can do this season. Um, they only had $375,000 below the hard cap for waiving Marquise Chris's non-guaranteed contract. So that gives them a little bit more space. We're looking at like $1.3 million now in space. It's basically what the minimum salary for somebody like Damian Lee would be. But because Damian Lee is signing in the middle of the season, that veteran minimum contract is prorated for whenever, at, for whatever point he signs at, right? For however many games left that he would get a check for. So mm-hmm. Uh, they're basically waiting it out. Uh, they have until January 15th, which is Wednesday, to sign and backfill Damian Lee's two-way spot. And so I think you you can either look at it as, all right, they can either get him signed in time for t- Tuesday night's game against Dallas or just wait until the very last day for Wednesday, January 15th, and make both of your official moves on Wednesday. And those two moves would be, Sign Damian Lee for the absolute minimum that you can sign him to because of the proration. And then at that, you know, at the same time, go ahead and backfill his spot on the two-way contract. And the Warriors already know exactly who they're going to sign to that two-way deal. They're obviously not going to tell anybody because they don't want anybody to swoop in and grab that player. But they've already identified that. So it seems like everything is set. Everything's in a holding pattern. Damian Lee wasn't even with the team in Memphis. He went back to the Bay Area. He's just chilling. The Warriors, I think, are just chilling for that January 15th date. And we'll probably see both moves go through on that day. Unless, of course, they look at Dallas and they're like, you know what, we need Damian Lee for this game. But I, I just think that they have, in general, taken the long view on a lot of these things. So I expect it to happen Wednesday. Yeah, so when I initially heard it, it sounded like the Warriors hadn't been able to come to a contract agreement. But it's it's deliberate on their part that they're trying to uh, just wiggle under the, the, the hard cap and kind of save as yeah. much money. And that'll allow them to potentially sign someone uh, sooner as well when March comes around um, because of the proration of who they can sign and all the, all the, all the hard cap BS. I swear the NBA CBA is just (laughs) unnecessarily complicated, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll deal with that. It also, it's this thinking also shed some light on what this contract is going to ultimately look like. It's going to be a multiple year deal. Um, It's probably going to be, from what I'm hearing, a two-year deal. I think that there, there, there's been a little bit of back and forth of whether or not it's two or three. My guess is it's going to settle in on two uh, with non-guarantees next year, but it's going to be for the veteran minimum, right? Because that's the only thing that they can afford right now. And uh, maybe, I mean, you could get a little bit more than that. You can go slightly above it, but I really doubt it. And then you can only go 
I think you can only increase that that salary by, I believe, 30%. Again, you're right. Yeah. The CBA is unnecessarily complicated, but um, I think you can only improve it by – you only increase that salary by 30%. So you look at what that salary is going to be for next year, maybe add a partial guarantee or a non-guarantee to it. I would assume it's a partial guarantee, um, and, and you can kind of see the outlines of what this contract is going to look like. Definitely. Uh, and uh, I'm glad to hear that they have someone pegged for that two-way spot which is, I mean, it's not a risk or dangerous or anything, but you just never know what can happen, you know, if another yeah. team calls the guy up and says, hey, we got a two-way spot for you within the next couple of days. You know, does he trust the Warriors enough to turn it down? And we've just seen stuff happen before. But, again, even if that happens, it's it's a two-way spot. So it's probably the least risky spot. Um, you know, it's not going to affect their season too much if, if they're right. the guy they peg for a two-way spot, you know, gets an offer somewhere else while waiting for the war. Yeah. yeah, and there's been some rumblings that maybe it's Marquise Chris. Maybe they already know that they're going to sign him to a two-way <laughs> spot. I don't think it's Marquise Chris. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't make sense to me. I think it's going to be somebody from Santa Cruz, somebody that they know, somebody who they already had the background research already done on, right? Somebody that's just familiar. Mm-hmm. My guess it would be somebody f- to call up from Santa Cruz, but again, you really you never know, but um, that's what I'm guessing at this point. They're being really, really tight-lipped about it. Everybody that I've asked, texted, talked to, they just, they're not going to give away anything because they just, again, it doesn't really serve them to, to disclose any of that information before they absolutely have to. Uh, speaking of familiarity, you know, they had Marcus Derrickson on a two-way contract last year. He's in the G League. You know, he, I, I would, uh, if they're looking at familiarity, he could possibly be an option as well, but who knows? And uh, everyone knows I have a, an affinity for Marcus Derrickson because he's yeah. a knockdown three-point shooter so um, I mean, the name i'm the name i'm watching quite honestly is Juan Toscano anderson yeah. I mean, he had a nice training camp for them i think they like him in general what he could provide his size all that stuff yeah. that's the name i'm looking at but that's it, it's an educated guess on my part same i yeah i have no idea either way uh could be someone completely random who knows uh but either way it's not going to change their their future uh you know not going to push them up to the eight seat or anything like that uh, Wes, it's been real. Safe travels, man, and we will talk tomorrow. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll get some some news tomorrow about who is actually going to be uh, this mystery two-way contract player, but we will wait and see. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day.